0: Hey, this is Holly. And this is Tara. And we're Braid Creative. This podcast is to help credit union marketers, like you, remember how creative you are, how much you love your job and your credit union, and maybe get some new creative ideas to try out along the way. We want to talk about media. You don't have to be on every media platform out there to get your message in front of your audience. You do have to have a plan so you can be ready and flexible in times of change.
1: But also, we don't want you to feel like you're just winging it or making it up every time you have to put a new campaign out there. And we don't want to dilute your message or your budget on any deal that kind of comes walking down the road. So we want you to feel empowered and that you have a strategy. So we're going to
0: share our media philosophies and advice to help you shape up that media strategy and just really feel more confident about what you're spending and putting out there. So Holly, what is media? Like, what does that even mean?
1: So when a lot of people hear the word media, they think about um, the outdoor board or the streaming video ad or a YouTube ad or even an outdoor board. But media, to me, is something really a little bit bigger and more broad, and it's really about connecting and getting that right message in front of the right audience at the right time. And it's really about making sure that you're lining up all three of those points to make sure you're being effective and efficient when you're planning.
0: What freaks people out about media? Like, What are they scared that they're doing wrong?
1: Well, most of the time when people are doing media, it's usually the biggest part of their budget. So it's usually the biggest part of their marketing budget. And so that right there makes people scared. It makes people nervous that they're not making the right decisions. And also, I can say media is a little qualitative. You know, there's not necessarily a right and wrong path. It's really more of a path of experimentation. Like you're going down this road. Are we making the right decisions? We're spending money on this. We're not spending money here. But yet, are we still getting the results we want? And it just,
0: yeah, it seems like there's so many paths out there to take now with media. So it seems like you probably doubt yourself a lot of times once you start down a certain path of traditional media versus new media versus 15 different
1: That's true. And media is usually your media plan and flowchart is not just one decision. You know, it's made up of a lot of smaller decisions. So that's also what gives people some anxiety and fear because there's always more and more decisions out there for people. So you could make the statement that media has never been more fragmented than it is today. But guess what? You could say that same statement in three years and it would still be true because media continues to evolve and change as technology evolves and changes and as more and more consumers are in control and they have more choices. And as technology keeps evolving, there's always more choices and places for people to spend their time. And so that's sometimes I think when media feels scary for some people. And a lot of marketers, especially if they're doing it on their own, they almost get analysis paralysis. Like they're like, oh, okay, we don't know what is the right decision or choice. So we just decided to do the newspaper ad again. You know, where they don't want to step out there and take a risk because they're not guaranteed on the results. So they just pull back. And that is the wrong media strategy to have. Um, Another thing that's funny to think about is how media is kind of infiltrating and penetrating all different parts of our lives. One stat I always say when we're speaking at conferences is 60% of Americans look at social media in the bathroom. Right. You know, so that's that's an example of where not only are we as consumers using one, two and three screens, you know, even when we're at home in the living room, but we're taking that media with us into the bathroom just to kind of get caught up on Instagram really fast um, before my kids bust in. So. It's just another example of how it's going into all these different places that no one ever imagined that it would be. It's not that just media is following us to all these places,
0: like Minority Report, like Tom Cruise, where you're being (laughs) bombarded by messages. Right. But we're also choosing, right, exactly as the consumer to take that media to bring it with us into the stall.
1: Yes, exactly. We're
0: we're taking it with us everywhere.
1: That's right. Well, and like who would have thought that um, I could be in the bathtub and getting caught up on Mad Men? You know, I mean, like as technology is evolving, you can kind of take your media with you wherever and whenever you want. Um, And so it's really right now just based on consumer preferences and demand. So do you feel like some
0: marketers who are especially doing it themselves not only might have analysis paralysis on which fragmented path to take with their media budget but maybe also maybe you feel like giving up like
1: where can I even
0: get in front of someone if I can't get on this
1: streaming app. I think that is very true and I think too when they start thinking about media you know really media can be divided up into two different sections one of it is media planning and the other section is media buying and it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg you know like which one comes first as well as you know where do you want to put the most emphasis? Which one's more important? The plan or the execution and making sure that you're getting what you're paying for? Wait, which one?
0: Which one's the chicken?
1: Is that the point? You don't know which one? Right, exactly. Which one's the egg? <laughs> That's exactly right. But probably the. Probably Plans, the plan. The probably, chicken. probably the plan. Yes, and the and bias I can just the say, egg. <laughs> you know, when I think about media, and I think about my career. You know, I started as a media assistant at an agency, and then I became a media buyer. and there was a lot of emphasis at that time placed on media buying and making sure your cost per point was exactly where you wanted it to be, and making sure that your GRPs, so you're hitting those GRP levels, and making sure your reach and frequency is hitting these specific goals. And it was very quantitative driven, I would say. I was doing buying for a big national brand, and we had different markets that we were doing across the country, and the emphasis was definitely on buying. But as things started, to fragment a little bit, I actually left that agency and went to the um, client side where I was the media director for Sonic. And so then as cable started coming into all of these different markets... And video games started popping up where you could actually insert your logo in a video game. And all of these different opportunities started to become available. I think that the emphasis shifted to planning. So then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, the plan becomes more important because you have more choices than you've ever had before. And I can say I'm probably still in that camp a little bit. I still feel like because everything is so complicated and there are so many choices – Um, That planning, a lot of time and energy needs to be spent about thinking how you're going to spend that money before you actually do the buy. Now, the buy is still important, and that's really hard. You always want to make sure that you're following up and you're actually getting what's promised. But looking at research, deciding where your target audience is, deciding what time of day you want to hit them with that message, all of those things really go into making sure you're getting in front of that right audience with the right message.
0: I feel like I remember. So I also grew up in advertising, just like Holly did, but I was on the creative side of the agency life and remembering not understanding as a young designer or a young copywriter like what the media person did even (laughs) does all I know (laughs) is that half the time they were building friendships and relationships with vendor partners like also known as really long lunches really long lunches with reps (laughs) like from the radio station or the newspaper or the billboard company and And then the other half of the time, they were just being, like, tough negotiators (laughs) on the phone, like, negotiating, like, stock market brokers or something, like, the best deal for their client. It felt felt, felt like two ends of the spectrum of having to have, like, good relationships and then also being really tough
1: about what they're doing with their dollars. And also being really good at Excel. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and, that, and I love that with you, it's less about, yeah, those are good skills to have. And I think maybe that's what's intimidating for marketers doing it on their own is like, right. I don't have those vendor. Well, I mean, actually, they probably do have a lot of good vendor partner right. relationships. Mm-hmm. Gift baskets come in at Christmas time and all that good <laughs> stuff. But I feel like maybe they're worried that, Do you think that maybe they're getting taken advantage of ever or is that too negative? I
1: don't know that they're being taken advantage of. I can say if you are at a credit union and you are doing your own media buying, one thing you always need to make sure that you keep in mind is you shouldn't give your media buy to the best salesperson. So a lot of times, if you do have your own vendor relationships in the market, you end up doing your media buy weighted on who's the best salesperson, as opposed to what makes the most sense for my credit union. So that's kind of where it can be hard to do the own your own media buying. That's where I kind of fall back on the plan is that much more important. Somebody can give you the best deal Um, that they can as a TV station or a newspaper. But if that's not the right place for your message, it doesn't matter that a full page newspaper ad is half off, you know? And so that's where I would say that you really have to think about where do we need to be as a credit union? Where does our, where should our dollars be spent before you start thinking about what's a good deal for us?
0: Right. You have a plan you can stick to. So no matter who comes down the path, Selling their
1: wares. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that the deal of the century. Right. That you're going to have to act on really fast. Right. um Before you feel that pressure of losing out on a great deal, you need to stop and ask yourself, "Okay, is this the right place for us to be?"
0: Right. And it sometimes seems like also on the other side of that we can feel as marketers pressured to try out new mediums like the newest right. thing like we never want to be afraid of the new
1: opportunity or, or new technology technology yes
0: like I want to get on Hulu I want to get on YouTube I feel mm-hmm. like I need to be on Snapchat right. or whatever right. that platform is I would say also maybe we never want to tell someone not to try something new yes in fact we're usually ones pushing people to try something new right it's one new thing mm-hmm But you also want to make sure that's aligned with your philosophy and your target audience as well. You don't want to just do something new to do
1: it for the sake of it. Right, right. It's true. And, you know, I think we've talked about it's like whenever you're at Target and you're like, oh my gosh, look at that purple dress that is 75% off. Do you really need that purple dress though? You know, like you kind of have to think about, is that the right decision for us? Am I going to wear it? Um, before you actually do that buy.
0: Right, or like, look at this new fashion trend to wear high-waisted mom jeans again. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I need to stay current. I need to stay on top of things. Maybe I should try that. But then we usually do. Yeah. So I think we do tend to lean towards try it. Try something out. Try something new.
1: I loved it whenever you talked about whenever we were first at an agency together. You know, just kind of thinking about... Also, agencies historically have laid out their floor plans like based on departments. Oh, yeah. So, like, even sometimes separate by, big agencies would separate by floors. You know, like creative is on one floor. Media is on a different floor. Account service is on a different floor. Just so they don't like intersect. And one of the agencies that Tara and I first worked at together, even the agency, it was all on one floor, but everybody was kind of all like in their own area right. of the agency. It was almost like we are like countries. You know, <laughs> like we had our own little boundaries, but like you could kind of cross over to the other country, although media didn't get a crossover to creative a ton at that time. I know, I I feel like creative
0: departments can be kind of intimidating
1: because we're always so moody. I mean, are you intimidating or are you kind of snobby? We're snobby. Okay.
0: (sighs) But I would always come over to media to talk about... Yes, you did. To talk about shows.
1: (laughs) Like what we're watching. That is true. Like she didn't come over to talk about the media strategy or the planning or how creative was going to intersect with that media philosophy. She would, although, although come over and talk about Mad Men. (laughs) Right, right. And we
0: were talking about Mad Men earlier today about this episode, about how it's such an example of, well, if you don't watch Mad Men or know about Mad Men, it's called that because it's... Set on Madison Avenue. Avenue, which is like the famous New York City strip. Retro advertising. Adver- yeah, and this kind of stereotypical idea of the admin being these slick talking, day drinking, going to present you some slick creative to sell your... G- beans. Canned your beans, canned beans. Canned beans <laughs> or your convertible Pontiac or whatever that is. Um, the show is so much fun because... it. It's so much fun because of, honestly, everyone has the coolest 1960s clothes and hairdos. Right. And it's there's, true. like, high drama. But it's really, actually really fun to watch. And it really kind of breaks down, honestly, concepts like what's the difference between creative, strategy, right, media, where do they all overlap? Like, my favorite scenes were always the scenes in the agency, not so much the stuff
1: at home. right. We love the inner workings of the agency.
0: Okay, so Mad Men, let's, we know we love Peggy. She's hanging on our wall at Braid. Yeah, we love her. Who are our other favorite... What's the rundown? Who are the characters that represent
1: love? agency life? Um, I love Don, so the, even though he's a womanizer. He's kind of dark and moody. He is a little bit. I hate Pete. I'll say again, that's a point of contention that we have, because you love him. Okay, so Pete is the account service manager executive,
0: executive yep. typical like liaison to the client to the client
1: kind of a yes man always insecure and stabbing everyone in the back and trying to him. make himself look better okay but in he front of people. is just trying to do his he's just trying to live his best life he is trying to live his best life by stabbing everybody in the agency in the back Well, I think there is a stab in the
0: back culture
1: anyway, and he is just playing the game. He is. He is. I think
0: Pete is adorable, and (laughs) I feel like he gets a bad rap, and I think he's doing the best he can. I think he's super cute. But we can't agree. We love Peggy.
1: We do love Peggy, and we also both love Harry, who is the media guy. I know. He's sort of like the underdog. He is the underdog. I feel like Harry in Mad Men is the necessary evil. Like, everybody doesn't really know what he does or doesn't really understand what he does, but he has to be there. I feel like everyone's always like making him the butt of the joke, too. And yes. I don't even get why they are. It's sort
0: of like Parks and Rec, like Jerry. Like
1: Jerry. It totally Isn't is. Isn't he just like yes. that? Like, it he's is. the kind of the under the scapegoat. He is. He's the scapegoat.
0: We don't know what you do. We're going to move you to this crappy office. I feel like we even- don't understand.
1: <laughs> Even whenever they decided that they were going to take the agency out on their own, and like only certain people kind of got invited to this private party. Oh
0: right, because they're going to leave, leave, split off from the big partnership and create their own independent agency agency firm. So it was like four of them or something having a secret midnight.
1: Meeting. Meeting. And so Harry got invited, but it wasn't really, he wasn't invited because of the talent that he brought to the party. It was just like, because he's the only media guy and he's the only one that knows how that works.
0: <laughs> but isn't the best part of that scene, we failed to mention Joan, when they're like, who yes. has all these contacts? Who knows how to call? What do we Heinz need to take? What do we Where need? are the files? And then the ne- they're like, I'm going to make a phone call. Yeah, Ro- and, then the and also scene, I do love Roger. Yeah, Roger calls Joan and she like is swaggering in. Right. I also felt like there was an episode where Joan had an overlap with media. So Harry kind of always got picked on and you never quite understood what he did. Right. right. So Don's revealing this amazing creative mm-hmm. and Peggy's writing the cute copy to go with it to sell right, lipsticks right. and Roger and Peter are over here schmoozing the clients, but you never really knew what Harry did. He was in his office actually making all these media plans and buys. Right, exactly. But wasn't there an episode where... Joan had to... So Joan yes. was like the bombshell office manager. Yes. And she had to take over She actually had to like buys. help
1: him. Like she was reading the scripts back in the day to see if they wanted to be in this program. Oh, so she would watch like the soap opera right. or the to night... Say, to say, this one's going to be good. We want to put our commercial in right. that commercial exactly break.
0: Right. Or I know so-and-so is going to run off with the gardener in this soap. And so we want right. to be sure that this commercial's in that commercial right. break. Right, exactly.
1: She was the one kind of really doing... Like the media buy, like, okay, this show, by this one.
0: And she was a tough negotiator. Yeah, she was. She was like, I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, like she is the prototype for what a media
1: oh, right, buyer typical, or planner should become. And I was so right, excited for her. Right.
0: And then I think like Harry came back from vacation or was something. was like, thanks.
1: Thanks. And I was I'll like, take oh, it. dang it. I know. But we
0: do love Harry because he's
1: nerdy and. He is nerdy. Kind of rumpled. I also can say, like, another thing we talk about when we talk about Mad Men is that tension between Dawn and Peggy. Like, because when we first started talking, I think I always saw myself as Peggy. Like, I always sympathized with Peggy. I was like, oh, Dawn's treating her terrible. But you always felt like you saw yourself in both of them.
0: Yeah, like absolutely. Because, kind of, I mean, Peggy started off, like, girl next door with a ponytail and, like, right. a
1: circle skirt.
0: Right. And, like, really bad bangs. And, like, <laughs> saddle shoes. Like, she was so, like, 50s, but already dated right. for Mad Men, which was already in the swing in the 60s, right? right? And so she was so frumpy and kind of had no confidence. And then they found out that she could accidentally write a copy. Because she was in a focus group and she came up with this great little slogan. She became a fledgling copywriter Don took her under his wing and she was definitely the most relatable to, right. to girls like us yes <laughs> probably because we're midwestern well that probably does have so she to do just with seemed it. like a little more down-to-earth grounded mm-hmm. just trying to make her way and figure right. out how to do her job good and <laughs> why don't right. you like me and why don't you appreciate the good <laughs> work right. I'm doing and she was so likable but Don had such swagger and I know he could come off as a real jerk But there was something about him that was teaching her how to have a voice and to let the creative and the story guide you and have a little bit of drama. And it's okay to like um, kind of wing it a little bit sometimes. And I feel like every time he was giving her advice, it always seemed like a big fight, but it was actually so wonderful. Like it would almost make me cry. I know. Because I felt like I was Peggy being coached by Dawn.
1: Right. It was all just coming back to you. Yeah. It
0: was a very like coming of age kind of feeling for anyone who's grown up in advertising or marketing or that sort of thing, especially if you're on the creative side or the media side. It felt like it was a very heightened, dramatic version of what our jobs right. are
1: what we were living. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can sure. say I did rewatch a lot of Mad Men, like in the past two or three months. And I did feel all that tension between Don and Peggy, but it did make me fall in love with Harry a little bit more. Just because from a media standpoint, I just always sympathized with him and people not understanding what his role was and almost like being a translator from what media is to the rest of the agency. Also, Harry was always like pushing them towards technology. Like He was the (laughs) one that was like, let's get this computer that's like the size of a room um, to do the media buys. And And everyone was always so annoyed that he was pushing. Oh my gosh,
0: you're right. I totally forgot about that. Like they were always so annoyed with him. With his glasses. He was pushing them to do something new. To do technology. Like and they are like, well,
1: great. Like, right. you got that computer, and now it's not going to fit through the door. Where am I going like, to sit Like, how now? are you going to do? Right. <laughs>
0: and then he was always right. He ended up being one of the most successful partners in that firm right. because he was just staying on top of the trends and the technology. And pushing them. And pushing them. So, yeah. unsung hero. I need to get you a t-shirt printed. <laughs> like, Harry is my unsung hero. <laughs> well, I feel like even... When we're talking about media, you know, that's what you do all the time, Holly. So sometimes it can feel like, does anyone even understand what I'm talking about? Yes. Or do they even care? Care.
1: <laughs> I can say, you know, even in client meetings today, you know, the creative department will make an amazing presentation and have great slides full of color and pictures and strategy and ideas for storyboards, for videos. And then it's like, okay, so now the media team is going to get up and talk about research and show you the flow chart. And it's like the energy level in the room just kind of goes down. So we all are like five. Fighting that battle. I can't say, you know, when I do think about media and marketing and credit union marketers, like feeling insecure about am I doing it right or am I making the right decisions? Something to kind of just give them strength and encouragement and confidence is that credit union marketer. You know, they are the intersection of knowing that credit union the best. Like knowing about who their target audience is, knowing about where they need to grow, knowing about where that next branch is going to go in your town, they really know who they're trying to target. They're the right intersection between that credit union and getting in front of that right target and media. And so sometimes it can feel daunting and intimidating like, am I making the right choice? But just know you are the person with the most knowledge of that credit union and also making the best decisions. When all of those media reps bring in those packages or trying to sell you, you're the one that can make that best decision because you know both of those things the most. Yeah, you're the hairy. You are the hairy. You're the hairy of your credit union. So feel empowered by that. Feel empowered by that. And also know that in media, it is kind of an experimentation Um, about making the right choices along that path and sometimes you will make bad choices but that's okay that's how you learn like you can just say you know what we tried that it wasn't the best for our credit union so it's not going to be in the plan next year and that's okay give yourself a little bit of permission to fail if you do take a risk.
0: Holly, I love whenever we're visiting with a credit union, and you're 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 pushing them to try a new platform or technology or media, and you're like, this is not the last time we will do.
1: Right. I love 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 when you say say that. It's a a marathon. You know, this isn't your one shot. It's not like, okay, here's the media plan. We either get it right or we get it wrong and it's over. No, this is just your ongoing process. And part of that process is making some mistakes along the way, maybe trying some things that didn't go great or trying a new medium out that didn't last. Um, But that's part of the process because I can even say media sometimes that's what happens. You know, who used to watch the Vine app? You know, six second videos on Vine. A lot of credit unions were doing six second videos. Um, Things come and go from a media perspective. And you have to allow yourself that freedom to make some mistakes and learn from that next year. So how... Would you advise, with your wisdom,
0: (laughs) the credit union marketer? How would you give them some advice and some tips to get that strategy going? Okay, getting more confident about it, about what they think their media philosophy is. I I love when you said they're the key. They kind of are the The intersection. The intersection. They have all the knowledge of the credit union and also the knowledge of the market. And how can they feel empowered to
1: feel confident in That their, they're making that right decision. Right, right, right. Um, well, one thing I would tell them to kind of think about is to have a big picture perspective of your plan. You know, so think about your media strategy all 12 months. And know that during that 12 months, there's going to be times when you want to have big brand awareness. There's going to be times when you want to communicate my credit union is trustworthy. Our credit union is a viable option for you in this community. Our credit union cares about you. Our credit union is here when you want us to be. We have great technology. There's certain times throughout that year that you're gonna want to be communicating more branding Um, messages, you know, just kind of big picture that you feel that our credit union cares about you and that we're an option for you. And just keeping people aware that you're there. Right, that you're kind of, you know, staying on that short list, you know? So if people are deciding they're gonna get an auto loan or they are going to sign their kid up for a checking account for the first time, that you're on that short list of a viable option.
0: So if I'm thinking about the 12 months of the year, on a calendar, right? on the wall, yes, and I'm thinking about maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but if I'm thinking about where those brand
1: messages awareness mm-hmm.
0: messages are going,
1: right? what do those usually look like? Like what kind of tactics are those showing up as if it's brand? If it's brand, you know, it can still be a lot of things. I definitely think outdoor is good for big branding messages because outdoor is a medium right now that has a lot of reach. You know, a lot of the mediums and different platforms that we're talking can get really niched. You know, we can go and find um, men 18 to 24 on this gaming app, but outdoor is something that has a lot of reach out there. So that's always a good medium to put big branding, broad messaging on.
0: Because everyone's going to see it. Right. Right.
1: More or less. If they're driving down this. Down this highway.
0: Well, and on the creative side, usually when you're doing a billboard, it's like a billboard. Right. Outdoor billboards. um, The message has to be really short and sweet. So if it's not an offer, it's something that's very just like, we're here, you belong. Really concise. Yeah. Very concise
1: about your credit union. So I can definitely say, so that's one thing to think about when you're looking at all of your media plan and all 12 months is where are we going to have those branding messages come in? Right. Another thing to think about, though, is you've got to have secondary goals. You've got to have some promotional messages that are out there. And whether that is an auto loan message, okay, we need to get this many auto loans in June, July, and August, or whether that's a home equity message, okay, we need to get this many home equity loans in April, May, and June, you are going to have to have media that's also pushing on those campaign and promotional goals at the same time. And then I feel like over here in
0: the creative department, a lot of times when we're doing those promotions for you to plug into your media plan when it gets more short-term goals, we have to be a little fat. I mean, if you think about the actual things that we're creating, whether it's a print right. ad or a digital ad or mm-hmm. a Pandora right. radio spot, we have to be a little faster, I would say. Right. Like we're quicker to turn it around, change it up, make sure that the person in the loan department likes the message, compliance is approving it. So there's a little bit more immediacy. Yeah. And and I can say
1: too, another way to think about, okay, is this a branding message or is this a promotional message? Is, Is there a call to action? You know? Yeah am I asking someone to do something? Do I want them to go online and get an auto loan? Do I want them to come in and sign up for a checking account? That's one way you can kind of think about it. If it has a call to action, and I'm wanting them to do something, it's probably more of a promotional message.
0: And then we didn't even talk about video, but a lot of times the video, the brand video, whether that's what we used to call a television commercial, but now your video can be Anywhere. Right. And any length. Right. It's 30 seconds. It's 15 seconds. It's right. 10 seconds. Um, when it's more branding, I know that we usually create scripts that are more emotional mm-hmm. and about the feeling. And And sometimes longer too.
1: you know, a lot of times in media, whenever we are doing something that's like 30 seconds, you know, whether it is an ad on Hulu, or whether it is an ad on a local television station, you know, we're using that because we want people to go see the longer ad maybe on YouTube, you know, so sometimes media can do that, too, where you can kind of, like, spark someone's interest about something to seek out more information about it.
0: Okay, I have a question. So, when you're looking at your calendar and you're thinking about like auto loans or home loans and where do I plug this in? Right. Do you suggest doing it based on where you're already getting really good numbers? Like, you're already, like, do you want to run that media at a time when you're already naturally doing really well in that area? Or do you run it when you're not?
1: Doing we, good to try to increase the yeah, demand. Yeah, like yeah. I think you definitely want to start with where you're having success. You want to start with wherever you're already getting traction. And that's even why I said, you know, we need to sell auto loans in June, July, and August. Because guess what? That's when a lot of people are buying cars. Okay, so you've got this calendar
0: up on the wall. You're figuring out where your strengths are and right. how you're going to line your media up right. with where you're already doing good. What are some other things you can do to kind of feel
1: like you've got a plan that's kind of coming together. And that you're making the right decisions. So definitely, it's good to have that plan, but this is where it gets into the buying side. You also want to be evaluating, okay, did that go well? Okay. So looking at your reporting and measurement. A lot of people get scared to... Look at that, buy, and see, did we get everything that we were promised? And also then to look at your sales numbers and goals to say, okay, so we had this great plan, but did it deliver on the goals that we were wanting? And you always need to make sure that reporting and that measurement is the flip side and the other side to see, okay, is this campaign producing what we want it to produce? A lot of people are scared to look at that, but if you don't look at that, then you never really have the answer on, are we making good choices? And is it benefiting the credit union? So like how many people clicked on this? email. So not only should you look at how many, what was our total in auto loan sales, but you should look at how many people started the auto loan process. How many people clicked on apply now on the website. You know, look at those various stages of where you're bringing consumers in just to see what your analytics are looking like all along the way. And then you get an idea of, okay, is this marketing plan working? And if consumers are falling off, where are they falling off along the way?
0: So where can the credit union marketer get help getting
1: those numbers? Like, where are they? It seems like... So they can definitely talk to their IT department, I would think. Hopefully they have some Google Analytics set up on their site. And even, you know, a lot of times in media, we talk about how the website is the new front door to your credit union. That's another good measurement too. Look and see how those websites and those product pages are doing. You know, if you're pushing... TV and radio and outdoor and streaming ads, you're pushing all those people to get an auto loan. Guess what, the first thing place they're gonna look is that auto loan page on your site. So just look and see how is that traffic improving? You know, is it b- more than the previous month now that you started pushing these media dollars there and actually pushing someone there? So that's another good indicator too to see how are those product pages on your website doing and performing as well. This is kind of an older philosophy and I'm just going to talk about it in case someone is trying been doing media buying and planning at your credit union for a while and it's this idea of reach and frequency. These are kind of older ter- media terms. I always I would forget say. what that means. Like you have so to re-explain reach, it to me every okay, yes. single time. So reach is how many people that you're reaching. So kind of the breadth of the number of people that you're reaching out there. And frequency is how many times they are seeing or hearing your message. So how many people are you reaching and how many times are they seeing that message? There's kind of an old advertising adage that's like people have to see or hear your commercial or your advertisement seven times before they even realize they're seeing it. Um, So that's, I can say, I feel like that's been, rolled back a little bit as people are a little bit more in tune with media. I don't know that people have to see it seven times to realize they're seeing it anymore. But it's kind of something good and a good reminder to think about when you're doing it. So let's say you're selling golf balls. And you're trying to decide where is the best place to put your media dollars. You could actually put your media dollars on the Golf Channel, and reach golfers a lot of times. But if you spent that same budget on ESPN, you're actually going to reach more golfers because more golfers watch ESPN than actually watch the Golf Channel. So that's an example of greater reach. Greater reach because there's actually. More p- People. more people on ESPN. But at the same time, if you use it on the golf channel, those golfers are going to see it more times. So that's kind of an example of thinking about, Am I do I need to reach more people with this message? Or do I need to pull it in tighter and just really align with a smaller niche audience? And so they see it more times. Oh, so I don't know. Know which philosophy do you usually go with? I think it depends on your messaging. Oh. I think this is kind of when that creative strategy comes in. You know, for branding messages, I definitely think you want to err on the side of reach. Okay. I feel like you want that broad message out there and for everybody to feel like you're accessible. But for a secondary or a promotional message, I think you want to err on the side of frequency. You want to drive home. We have the best auto loans. And if you come here, we're going to make this process easy and fast for you. Um, And you're going to get a good deal. So I think that you can kind of lean on each of those different philosophies based on whatever you're trying to promote. So another really helpful thing that you can do with your media plan is to think about that plan through different filters. So think about those 12 months out of the year. Um, Look at how much you're spending on radio. Look at how much you're spending on newspaper. Look at how much you're spending on Google search. Look at how much you're spending on geofencing. You know, look at how you're spending those media dollars overall for the year to make sure that those big allocations are where they're lining up with consumption trends, about where you feel like people are spending time. That's really how you need to think about spending those dollars. Another way to think about that, too, is looking at it in that 12 month cycle, when are you spending those dollars? How much are you spending in first quarter? How much are you spending in second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter? And like you were talking about, Tara, making sure that you are putting that messaging out there when people are open to it. So make sure that whenever people are thinking about home equity loans, that's when you're spending the most money on home equity loans, and that's when you're shouting the loudest, I would say.
0: Oh, and then also a lot of times you know, we're creating things for media that you already own.
1: Right, exactly. That That you're not
0: even buying.
1: That's right. That's right. Kind of your own owned media. So whether that's an ATM screen, right? Or whether that's the screens in your branches,
0: drive-through banners. Drive-through
1: banners, social media. That needs to be on the plan too, yeah. right? Even mm-hmm. if you're not spending money on Right. the medium. Right. It's important to recognize especially for those layers that are hitting your existing membership. Those are still powerful places that you can influence. And it's always easier to influence people that are already members and already know you and have a familiarity with you than it is to try and convert someone that's brand new. So what's your favorite medium?
0: Well, (laughs) like, or what what medium do you feel like? I know it's different for every credit union, every budget, (laughs) every market. But like, what are some like, these have got to be on that list? Oh, at least. Be I sure that these definitely are
1: feel like people should be doing video like dipping your toe into video okay. um, I do love good promotional material on the screens in your branches. I think those can be powerful, talking to your members, but also talking to your staff, you know, reminding your staff about the offer that's out there and empowering them to feel like, you know what? I'm gonna mention that to that member. I I'm see them come in every month and I feel like they could really take advantage of this home equity loan. Um, they've got good credit. So I think that can be a powerful resource as well. Okay, but what do you do to someone that says, how come I don't ever see our ad
0: in the penny savers anymore? Or like, how come I don't see our ad ever or hear our ad on that one radio station? On the oldie station that I
1: love when I'm driving into work. I
0: mean, I love the oldie station too, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Um, what do you, how do you? Well, and I think sometimes too, it is hard when credit unions are trying to go after a younger membership. And so they're putting those media dollars and those media resources in places, maybe where the board. And maybe where executive management is not seeing them. And that's kind of part of the plan. But that is hard sometimes because you may have um, a lot of media dollars on channels that people that are over 60 are not seeing, specifically because you're trying to garner and attract a younger membership. And that's hard. Um, I would also say it's not bad if your board (laughs) members really love seeing your ads in the newspaper or they love seeing your ads. Um, hearing it on the oldies station, recognize that and say, you know, that can also be part of our plan. We want the board members to feel like we're doing a good job. We also want the board members to feel like that we are in places that are reinforcing all the time and energy that they're giving to this credit union. So it's okay to have a newspaper ad, to be on that oldie station, just acknowledging that we want to remind that audience as well, that we're doing a good job for them and that this credit union is out there.
0: Absolutely. You don't have to just completely... Alienate an entire segment right. of your audience just to go after the
1: new. Right, that's exactly right. The that's goal exactly is right. to do
0: a little bit of both without completely diluting
1: what your, your message, message or your budget. Yes, that's exactly right.
0: But usually, it's the people on the board who are saying we need to go younger. We ne- right. they recognize that too,
1: and. I can not say, too, part of that marketer's, it does help if that marketer, the credit union marketer, is informed about trends that are changing, about trends that are fragmenting, because that just gives you more knowledge to say, you know what, we had been in that newspaper for a long time, but we really looked and we were in it too much because we saw more people were spending time um, watching streaming video. So that's why we moved those allocations. It is important that they kind of stay up on trends and what's happening, just so they can talk to that and they have an explanation for the board member whenever they ask.
0: I also really love when we um, see credit union marketers empowered with some sort of, you know, we talked about reporting and measurement. So I know you love reporting and measurement. I know you joked about right? pulling up the boring Excel sheet. <laughs> but I think it's really cool, um, d- depending on how sophisticated or just really simple your plan is, whether it is just that 12-month calendar with, like, Post-its on it, or right? you've got a complicated spreadsheet, to make it visual for the people you're sharing with. Whether Agreed. that's other people on your marketing team to... Show them a few slides that not only show the billboard that ran, but show some numbers behind it, some strategy behind it, the planning, right. when it, what time of year it ran, when it ran last year, when you want it to run again this year. Yes. And doing that for other people in other departments of your credit union, the more
1: you can show Right. That there is a plan. And it's not just like, oh, my buddy works at the CBS station, so we're giving him all the dollars. You know, (laughs) I mean, you do want to show that there's a philosophy and a strategy and a plan behind what you're doing and investing those dollars. Right. Another thing I want to say is we're talking a lot to the credit union marketer that's doing this on their own. There's also a lot of credit unions out there that have a marketing agency or a media agency and is helping do that placement for them. And, you know, we've definitely been through a lot of pitches. We've helped a lot of credit unions do media. One thing I want to kind of tell you out there is when you are looking for a media agency to actually kind of be your agency of record and to help you make decisions, don't make that decision based on if they have a specific digital uh preference, or if they do something really well. A lot of times people go with a media agency because they're really good at search, or because they do this one new emerging technology really well. They're a specialist in a particular a specialist, kind of right, new media. Right. But really, I think things are changing and fragmenting so fast. You can't really rely on, okay, we did this last year, or this partner knows this specific platform really well. You need to align yourself with an agency, that you feel good about their media philosophy. And you feel good about how they make decisions. And you feel um, good and open to ask questions. And when you do ask a question, that that media agency comes back to you with the answers. And it actually acknowledges that you asked the question. You need to make sure that you are looking for an agency partner that values the marketing philosophy that you have at your credit union, just to make sure that you're going to have a long relationship with them. You know, we've talked about making media decisions as a path or a marathon or something that you kind of slowly get better at year after year. You don't want to have to find a new agency partner every two years. And so that's why it's important to make sure that you find someone that really lines up with your philosophy, as opposed to seeking a media agency that specializes in a specific emerging technology, I would say. So we have a downloadable worksheet that's going to help you think about that media plan through different filters. It's going to help you think about how you're spending those media dollars by platform, by medium, and even by timing, you know, so you can kind of look at it a little bit more objectively than maybe you've been looking at it in the past. So we're going to make that worksheet creative
0: and fun, and you can find it on our show notes at braidcreative.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye.